This is your girl, Sada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life Community. Before I jump into today's topic, if this is your first time joining us, the Easy Breezy Life is a community of strong-willed women who understand that it can be so challenging to manage faith, family, life, and pursue our goals. Well, here at the Easy Breezy Life, you're going to find a community of like-minded women who are just as fierce, focused, and fired up as you are. It's also important that I let you know that everything we share on this platform is for education and entertainment purposes only. Because we believe that the Easy Breezy Life is a group project, we want you to seek out professional help in every way, shape, or form that you might need it. We are going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with this week's episode. And we are back. Joining me today is my very, very good friend, um, a woman who I have known now probably since 2003 in one way or another. Life has taken us um, in different directions, brought us back together, separated us, and brought us back together again. Uh, This is a very close friend of mine, Karina Daves. And the reason why I'm bringing her on to talk with you all today is because y'all need what she got. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you. She is my very own Marie Kondo. Like, when I tell you that this woman is gifted when it comes to balancing your life and all of the social relationships associated with it, like, it it is no joke. I'm not kidding. So let me introduce her so y'all can get to know her. (laughs) Over the years, Karina Days has developed practices and skills in maintaining the balance between her career, relationships, and her sanity. She doesn't claim to be perfect, nor is she the best at this gift called life. She is blessed though, blessed with the ability to think quickly on her feet, develop life-changing techniques, and still have a chuckle at the end of the day. Her passion is to be there for women who need tools and confidence to keep going, no matter where they are in life. She can provide you with the tricks and tools that you need to maintain your sanity, cook a 10-minute Martha Stewart spread, and I've seen them. You have to follow her on social media, bomb, and still achieve your life and relationship goals. She is so excited to be here for you. And let me tell you something. I have not met anyone who has a helping spirit to just want to help people the way that I see um, Karina do it and the way that she has even done for me in my life. How are you, Karina? Amen. Thanks, Asada. I'm great. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to finally be on here. Um, And just, I'm so excited to finally do this with Asada. We, um, I think these are conversations that we have over the phone. So I'm so excited to finally be able to air it out on a podcast where so many ears can be enlightened and be fulfilled. And um, yes, I never saw it that way. I guess I do have the spirit of helping others. Um, so I'm so, so, so grateful to be here. Thank you, Asada, for having me. Yes, yes. And there's actually a name for it. It's called the spirit of Dorcas, if you ever want to look. Okay, it. okay. Dorcas in the Bible, Tabitha. Yeah. Um, let's start by telling people how you came to this journey, right? Cause you didn't start out doing Martha Stewart spreads. And when you go to Karina's home, it's like very chip Joanna Gaines. I'm coming here for a retreat feeling like <laughs> was following you. Got to stop at the door when you enter Karina's house. How did you get here? There were many seasons where I felt like Job before I knew who Job was. Mm-hmm. And I got here with a lot of help, a lot of revelation, a lot of community, 
Um, I never claimed to be perfect. And I was giving somebody the example the other day that, you know, while I may not agree with a certain behavior that somebody does, it doesn't mean that we can't sit at the table and eat. And so it's always having that open mindset throughout the years, but I failed um, a lot, but I've also realized through uh, <laughs> Marvin Sapp songs that a lot of failure is what creates all of these testimonies, right? And I've broken bones. I've had many surgeries. I've partied in the club. I've dated too much. Um, you know, I went through a lot of things and I still go through them now. Um, I was talking about yesterday how while I do have the spirit of discerning God's voice and being able to hear what he wants from me, I also uh, lack at times obedience and not following through with what he wants because I think, oh, it might not be that bad. And then I put myself in this situation and then myself or other people that are close to me get hurt. So I would say I got here through actually living life. Mm-hmm. I was never a non-risk taker and I take a lot of risks and I need people in my circle that push me to take those risks. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example, a very, you know, example six months ago related to Sada and I, I was telling her all my ideas about relaunching my website and the things that I wanted to do for people. And, you know, she kept instilling in me every idea I would tell her, she goes, you know, you really need to sell that. People would buy that. And so I had my baby at the end of November. I called her in December and I was like, I'm going to spend the next two months doing this website. In February, she calls me and she's like, so how's it going? And I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll do it in April and, you know, things are going well, but I got to get some design pieces together. And she's like, oh no, no, no. Um, I'm just going to blast you out on Saturday. So you, you have till Saturday. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, I've seen the screenshots of what you have already. You're good. She goes, even Apple makes mistakes and launches with glitches. You can launch with glitches and fix it later. It does not have to be perfect. And I had about 72 hours to try to nervously make something really, really perfect and beautiful. But it's relationships like that, a sister's like that, that push you to continue taking risks. Because as you go through life, what ends up happening is fear comes along, right? It pretends to be your best friend and it masks itself in security. Fear isn't security. That's not what it is, right? Like fear is meant to tie and hold you down and hold you back. So how I got here was breaking constantly through the chains of of fear, making sure I had a good circle of people around me. Um, you know, I mean, even down to stop, stopping uh, to listen to a lot of music that I used to listen to, right? Um, how music is a form of enchantment. Of it, but it's not feeding you. Exactly, right? Um, so, you know, like, tra, 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 that, was, that was not really probably doing a lot for me. So... <laughs> and y'all, it's a moment. It, I think it's so important that we pause here, right? Because... A couple of things that Karina is mentioning are so important. If you saw what Karina was calling a rough draft of a website, it was impeccable. (laughs) That's number one, right? Because I think, you know, the, the element that comes into this is that we as women think we have to be perfect all the time. And you're working in these work environments. And if you are, have a partner, you know that the other gender or, you know, men in particular, 
not thinking about that. They launch imperfect things all the time. They jack those things up consistently. Sometimes they don't even strive to clean it up and they just keep on moving. Right. On advancing and we get stuck and wonder why are we not advancing? And it's because we're fixating, fixating on being perfect, fixating on how everybody's going to receive it, not trusting our gifts, not trusting our talent, not acknowledging what God has put on the inside of us. And I think what you also said is important, like what we feed ourselves. And, and what I love about your honesty and when I look at your social media feed is I see your journey, right? Like I okay. see how um, you and your husband started out and became dedicated to Christ and the things that have had to fall off as a process. Right. And, and I think what's confident about great about your story. And if you could talk a little bit about it is how you came to Christ and how those things just, how God just started to remove those things one-on-one. -on -one. Because I think sometimes people could come to your page, Karina, and think like, oh my goodness, this woman is like Betty Crocker. Mm -hmm. I have nothing in common with, in common with her, but they don't know. They don't know you. Like I know you talk. Yes. Um, about your journey and how God's transformative power has worked in your life and the life of your husband. Sure. So I, oh man, my journey with God is a very long one, but to, I guess, maybe just cut a little bit of it off is I did grow up Catholic, which I think a lot of us do. Like we grow up with religious beliefs and not a relationship. And that's the difference, right? God does not want religion. He wants a relationship with us. So I grew up with religion, you know, going to church on specific days, learning and memorizing certain prayers, and not really knowing what that meant. Fast forward, and, and that really didn't stick because it was annoying to sit in church and listen to somebody who I didn't understand uh, what they were saying or what they meant. It was all very robotic. So I got to college. I partied hard. I showed up hungover to English class on Fridays at 8.10 in the morning. Um, I almost failed my first semester. I had an advisor who told me that as a woman of color, I was wasting the government's money and I should just quit. And uh, it was the wake-up call that I needed. And after gaining about 30 pounds my freshman year and almost failing out of school, I had to pick myself up. And at that point, you know, while God may, God was there with me, I didn't recognize what he was doing. I was fixated on systematic, numerical, methodical things that included high GPAs, high performance, perfectionism, Quantity over quality is what I was very focused on. And I was focused on doing things. And that was the come up where Isada had seen me go from the party goer to now I was wearing blazers and, you know, serious, <laughs> very serious individual. And then I got into my professional years while also pursuing my master's. And I became, I would say, even more serious without any grace, like all there was was truth. And all I could do was judge and say, that's not right. You need to do this. I mean, if somebody was late, like five minutes, I would spill. Like it was just horrible. And I remember my first year as a hall director, I, I instead of building and winning people's hearts, I constantly just won the war. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to win the heart and not the war. And when I got into 
a relationship with somebody that was a Christian, I joined a Bible study with him and I started going to his church. That is when I got introduced to the word of God in a way that it just manifested itself. Like it took over me, it took over my space. And what was so interesting was that the relationship, the, the relationship that I was in while God was trying to do his work actually became toxic. And when I look at back at it now, this is so crazy. Like the Holy Spirit right now is basically revealing to me that the purpose of that toxic relationship was to keep me long enough to get to know God, that I would thirst for him, that I would want him at no matter what space I was in. And so that relationship ended and I still thirsted for God. I moved to Delaware, became part of the media team at Journey Church in Newark, Delaware. I was in Delaware for about eight months and I cried and I said, Jesus, get me out of here now. I walked to my office and there was an email that said, would you like to come back to Rutgers for $15 an hour? And sometimes you have to step off your high horse and come back down. No matter how much God has built you up. I mean, I had two degrees at this point. I had you know, three years of professional experience. I was on my second professional job and I thought to myself, $15 an hour. That's all you got? Like for real? And I took a step back and I said, it's all right. You got to get out. I moved back to New Jersey and lived in Highland Park, went back to the same church where I was in that relationship and he wasn't there anymore. So I joined Bible studies again. I went on my first missions trip and slowly because I was alone, the enemy attempted to sort of bring back that spirit of dating around. I'll call it dating around, but you know what I really mean. And so I started dating around and I remember being with this one guy and he finally broke it off and I went back to my room and I just cried and cried. And I said, God, I am ready to meet my husband, but um, I can't do this anymore. The next day I went on a missions trip for nine days. I came back. I hit up my friend Terrence, who is now my husband. We ended up going for dinner that Wednesday, and uh, four months later, we got married. And it was being able to have the discernment to know that obviously he was the one, but it was difficult because I was in, in my infant phase when it comes to Jesus, and so was he, and that's very difficult. And I think when you're in college, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I had this dream. My dream was PhD candidate, six, five or six, one, cause I'm very sure, you know, had to have all these things that my husband didn't have, but something God led me to say, you know, this is the one that I'm sending you. And I'm like, really, this is so interesting. So we took the plunge. Um, and you know, it's been, it's going to be eight years next week, actually October 12th, but it's, um, it's, it's hard. Marriage is rough. It's, it's not unicorns and rainbows and it's constant work. But the third knot is God. If you don't have God in your relationship, at least for me, there's no values. There's no boundaries. There isn't any of that. So I guess all that to say, that's a short sort of summary of my, my journey. Wow. Wow. And that is just a short summary. Like, I mean, um, 
Karina's journey, her faith journey, her life journey is really powerful. And I think having um, the privilege to tune into bits and pieces of your journey, right? And and you've also tuned into bits and pieces of my journey. It's a, I look at this relationship and it's such a powerful relationship. And you and you worry because rarely do you find women with strong personalities able to coexist mm-hmm. with one another and support each other and know like, okay, this person is having the moment. I got to take a step back, yeah. so on and so forth. But I also know that I'm not the only person in your life that you engage with who has a strong personality, right? Yeah. So how, how do you maintain the, your relationships with people knowing you have these strong values, strong opinions, um, and right now are very zeroed in on what you're building at KarinaFDaves.com? I prune a lot. It's very simple. Actually, Karina was the one who made me prune my circles. Um, this time last year, but we're not going to talk about my journey. We're going to talk about on her podcast. Go ahead. Tell us about pruning. Pruning. So that's the key. For me, that's the key. Constantly pruning. There's a time to plant. There's a time to grow. There's a time to prune. Um, about four years ago or three years ago, I'll say I got really ill. And actually first I broke my foot and then I lost 80% of my hearing And then I got a infection in my body that required me to have three follow-up surgeries and wear a drain in my body through a hundred degree weather for two years. And I was um, talking to Asada one day after maybe the first or second surgery. And she said to me, you have to check out this pastor called Derek Prince. She said, God is leading me to send you this link. And I said, this two-hour YouTube video is what God wants you to send me right now? Okay. She sent it to me, let's say, in February. I didn't listen to it till, Mar- till May, actually. I was in the shower, screaming to the top of my lungs, two words, get out. Because I knew that whatever was happening to me was not of God. And I knew that it had stuck there and I needed to identify it and get it out. As I get out the shower, literally, I ha- and since Asada t- and I talk a lot, I had to scroll up so much to find the Derek Prince link. And I just played it. I had no idea what the topic was about. It ended up being about um, generational sin and generational curses and things that happen. And so it talked a lot about the things that we speak over ourselves, the commitments that we make, and the relationships that we get into. And it was in that moment that God revealed to me that there were a lot of things that not just were in my body that I needed to get out, but that I needed to get out of my house, and relationships that I needed to prune from. It was one of the toughest years because a lot of people didn't understand why we were breaking up or why we were distancing And it was difficult for me because I'm a people pleaser. But one of the things that I've learned, um, Minister Jamila has taught me, actually, if she's listening, is that not everybody can take authenticity. And not everybody is meant to walk alongside of you. Some people are meant to pour into you, and you're actually meant to pour into other people. And you can't expect for everybody to also pour into you. 
And so that's how I distinguish those relationships. I keep them at a distance. The other thing I want to also mention is that part of pruning is privacy. And that's what I've learned over the years. Instantly when I got married, God said, be extremely private. You're a chatter. You talk all the time. But one thing you cannot talk about is your marriage because you're praying for the things that are not just heard, but unheard, right? And so people can't speak about your marriage if they don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And pruning, praying, and pruning not just relationship-wise, but pruning material-wise, house-wise, things that we you know, um, had in our lives. Because what they do is they start to affect your children. They start to affect your mindset. And so pruning was something that I needed to definitely focus on. And so that's how right now, as I'm building Karina F. Dave's, um, I'm doing a lot of that and, and not expecting a lot from other people. But I won't lie to you, Asada. Like, um, I have some people that aren't really happy with me. And it's been difficult because some of those people are really close to me. But not a lot of people can take authenticity and I'm trying to do something here. I'm trying to build the Dave's dynasty. That's what God told me to do. He told me that this dynasty is supposed to be different. And if I'm not obedient to God, I will not succeed. I can no longer be obedient to man. And that was the word that I got. Mm, so powerful. And I have to say, uh, what you're mentioning is interesting because I felt like For me, I felt like I went through a pruning season. And in the past, I'd resisted all my pruning seasons, right? But then most recently, I came into September and God was like, rest. It's time for more pruning. And so in in one of the episodes um, that I recorded prior to this interview, funny enough, I was saying, I'm like, yo, God is going balls to the walls this pruning season. He is like, (laughs) chop, 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 chop. Because you're right. He has an assignment for you. He's got something he needs you to build. He can have nobody in the vicinity or in the arena that's going to be a distraction or a hindrance or derail what he has planned for you. And I am definitely someone where the enemy has attacked my life the most in the past has been at my edge of breakthrough. And this time around, I was like, no. You know that song that says, you know, um, everything attached to you wins. I said, I have gone through too much. I refuse to. And so- to lose everybody. Mm-hmm. If I have to lose friends, if I have to lose mentors, if I have to lose um, close connections, I'm ready to lose whatever it is to preserve my family, aka my husband, my child, because when you get married, you leave and cleave. That's the thing. Right. Everyone else is external at that point. And to grab hold of the vision that God has for my life. Hey, preach. So let's talk about vision a little bit more because y'all, I have been participating in um, a little mini pilot uh, that Karina is going to be mass producing for (laughs) y'all. That for me, it has been taking four months to live the next 40 years in an amazing way. And it has been about organized. She helped me organize my house, organize my schedule, carve things out like Seriously, mm-hmm. the principles that you taught me are allowing me to get through these podcast recordings because I've said, this is the system. This okay. is the time you're setting aside for it. And each, I don't do everything correctly every single day, That's okay. but 
what we've committed to and what she helps me to do is to do one more thing daily. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling, I'm experiencing more peace. Um, I'm experiencing less anxiety. I see the change Amen. in my family. I see the change in our systems. I see the change in the harmony. I know you probably feel like you stumbled on this system, but can you, but I'm sure that there is a foundation of principles, right? That's helped you achieve the balance that you have in your life. Even if people are not happy with it, can you tell me, can you share with the audience a little bit about what drives, mm -hmm. you know, your principles that, that have gotten me on this four for 40 path? <laughs> right. So for those that are kind of like, what is four for 40? So Four for 40 is a plan of action to enhance your life. And it's a means of ways for you to identify what areas do you need to focus on during this season of your life to get you through the next 40 years. The, the number 40 is very significant, right? In the Bible. But the number four is also rooted in a month in years, in, you know, weeks. And so for me, I want to help women for the next 40 days, for the next four weeks, for the next four months, really trigger down the things that they need to help with. Give them essential guides on how they can make those things happen by baby steps. Because if I give you like a 10 pager on how to make your life right, it's not going to work. But if I give you little four steps every day to do, you will prosper. And so the philosophy for behind 4 for 40 actually came from something that I was using to do bad. My perfectionism and my organizational skills had morphed itself into anxious thoughts, anxious traits, um, the way that I would treat people if they weren't perfect. Um, it was organizational systems that I developed in the workplace that there was no grace for. And, um, as I became, you know, a, a Christian, I started to see that those gifts, God wanted me to use them for good and not to judge or be mean to people basically. Wow. And so one day, um, actually not one day, but almost every day I just, you know, started slowly organizing certain things. And I never knew that I could do anything with them because, Four for 40 goes, it, for, what four for 40 does is it basically brings all of my gifts together. My organizational hacks, my time management hacks. So good, guys. <laughs> everything together. And I was so confused as to how to build a community on all my gifts. And what God constantly tells me is that our, we just, he doesn't just assign us one gift. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but your gifts aren't just meant to be used. They're also an assignment, right? So like God assigns you with gifts to be able to then help others in fellowship, in community, in doing more that you can possibly do. Like if you want, if you think about your life's purpose, you have to first figure out what your assignments are. And so once I figure that out, Asada was in my house one day, and this is why it's so important to have a good circle of people in your life. And that's a different podcast, but you really, your community really has to be tight and also really has to discern the word of God. And one day she was in my house. I was walking into my office and she said, do you have a, a, like a large poster sized piece of paper and a marker? And I was like, yeah. 
I went and I grabbed it and she goes, why do you even have this? And I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know. Why do you, what do you want to do? She goes, I don't know. The Holy Spirit is leading me right now. Let's just sit here and plan and organize my life. And I said, this is weird, but okay. I grabbed some markers. She was looking at all of my supplies and she was like, I don't even know. I didn't even know you had any of this stuff. <laughs> and so we sat there and I said, well, what's your why? And so we started with her why and the things that she wanted to do. And 15 minutes later, we looked at this huge map of things. And I said to her, I said, and she, and she was overwhelmed. And I said, sis, four weeks of this, okay, is going to bless the next 40 years of your life. And she, I said, it's four for 40. And she looked at me, she goes, that is amazing. You need to share this. <laughs> what I would specifically say is you need to sell it. <laughs> because I feel like, you know, one of the things in, in this community, I'm trying to get people out of the mindset is if you value your friend's gifts, you will pay them for those gifts. You would not try to milk and take advantage of what God has put on the, in the inside of them without trying to honor that. And I'm not saying you got to pay full price, but dang, give a love offering, something. Right. right. A blessing. Even if you don't have financial means to bless your friend, be, do, do something, give them information. There's so many ways. And I feel like we just have such a low bar of mm -hmm. expectation for our friendships. People have been putting up with such nonsense. Yeah. When you have a friend who says you need to package this and sell this, we're shocked, right? We, you shouldn't feel shocked. For anyone who's listening in today, you should not be lacking in your circle women who say, I see this gift in you. I value and honor this gift in you. And I know that other people will do that. If the people in your circle can't look you in the face and do that, you need a new circle. Amen. Amen. Not going to push you into destiny. And, and definitely, you know, when we were at your house that day, I was like, I just got a glimpse of you helping me out because I couldn't figure out where to go. Like I was watching videos online. I was doing, <laughs> you know, and, and all of the methods that worked for me as a single woman were not working in marriage. And it was because my approach was completely different. I was trying to go back to a single life, which going back to what you're saying, that was very judgmental, that, was, that had everything in its right place you know, every t-shirt crisp and ironed and different lengths and not realizing that what it meant to make room for my partner, for my, what is a very messy life meant having the key pieces in place. Amen. Amen. And, and yeah. you know, and, and allowing for some grace so that your partner can feel like they are part of what's going on with you. And I got to tell you, like, it's been working. Every time I go downstairs and the dishes are washed, I'm like, yo, we're 40. <laughs> Every time I go and the trash was supposed to be taken out and it was taken out, I'm like, oh my goodness, look at my mm -hmm. <laughs> Making a difference for me. So I'm Amen. just so happy um, that you are obeying the voice of God because there are so many women out there like me or with complicated situations and don't know how to make sense of it is because their value system, their priorities, and those things are not in where they need to be. I mean, there were things that Corinne told me I had to give up and I definitely listened. Okay. Obedience. <laughs> cause, cause don't, don't, don't reach out to Karina in the link and then be hard headed. Nobody <laughs> time for that. <laughs> 
you know, she told me X amount of things I had to give up. And then within two days, I gave those things up. I did. I was so shocked. I was so shocked. We just need permission from somebody who loves us to confirm what we're already feeling in our spirit. And I think that day you confirmed, but you also let me know that like, this is feasible. What you're doing is feasible and there's enough time for you to do this and have a life. And funny enough, like I'm still able to connect with my friends and have a life. Not all the time, but mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly like the direction that I'm headed in more than I did the day that I came to your house. Amen. And two really important things that Asada said for anybody listening today that has a gift, that has an idea, that wants to launch. I learned two things through this process. One your friends are not your community. So if you're trying to build something online or on Instagram or whatever, your friends aren't your target group. And I learned that from the beautiful and very talented Raquel Rojas, which you can visit her too. She is. Yeah. I'll link notch. on here. Yeah. Yeah. Asada, because she, she, uh, she what does a uh, Tony child say? She's a she, I don't know, from girlfriend. She says something like, I am an expert in success. I can't remember or strategies. But anyways, um, Raquel Rojas taught me that your friends are not community. And then one thing that Asada kept telling me, but that I wouldn't listen to her, that now Raquel told me this week is that it is a common misconception that people want things for free. I can give you that for free. I already know this podcast is it. And when she told me that, I said, are you for real? She goes, yes, it's a misconception that people want things for free. And so now her and I are going to, you know, build and brand and pilot this and we're going to make it amazing. And the thing is that, listen, when Asada talks about having certain people in your circle, you really got to sit down today and think to yourself, who are the top five people that I've allowed into my inner circle? Average those people. And then look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you are the average of those five people. Mm. Scientifically, historically, psychologists have said it. We are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. Yep. If you're happy with that, go on, get it, get it mama. But if you're not, there's some pruning to do. Yep. So true. And, and honor your gifts honor your gifts. You know, I always like to say salvation is free. Purpose has a price. Amen. And And it will cost you friendships. It will cost you close, intimate relationship with some family members who you really, really love, but maybe toxic and you can't, you just can't participate. Um, it will cost you time. It will cost you free time. But I think at the end of it, we have to know that the God who created us ultimately knows what our best life is. Mm -hmm. So even when he takes us through the pruning seasons, the valley, the rough patches, the water, the fire, he knows what your best life looks like. And we have to trust him in that. And we have to be obedient because I think in our alpha woman community, that's the number one thing that people struggle with here. Mm -hmm. We're so smart, so gifted, so talented that we think we can outwit God and you can't. You're Mm -hmm. not smarter than him. And so when he begins to send people into your life, to raise an awareness to some things that have to fall off when he begins to send people to give you instruction about what you need to cut out so you can have time mm-hmm. having 
a humble heart to listen to the right counsel is so important. And being able to judge people by their fruit and not what they're saying, because that's so important as well, right? Yeah. Like the Bible says that by their fruit, you shall know them. What is the quality of the other relationships around them? What is the quality of their work? What is their reputation? And we don't want to be stuck stuck in social indicators, but we really have to be looking at the way people handle and love other people in their life before you decide to allow them into your space. Right, right. And another thing that I just want to mention is that for us that are on social media constantly and speaking from somebody that actually left social media for two years, then came back, got scared and left for another two years. I want to say that it's also really important, um, not just with music, but with there to fill yourself up, right? Like the people that you follow and the things that you look at and the things that you read, you know, whatever amount of time you spend on it shouldn't be so much, but whatever the case is, it should also fill you up. You should also follow and have community there. And I've also learned that a lot of the new friends that I have now on social media, which is so important because Raquel's advice about your friends not being your true community or your true followers is so awesome. I now have like a new community of also mom hustlers that we message and it's been so interesting, but they're real people. And I would rather follow their unfiltered videos and, you know, pictures than somebody else who's probably using that filter that changes their eyes or something like, ah! I look, I look good in that filter, but you know, like I, it's not who I am. <laughs> You're so funny. Filter that changes their eyes. You are so funny. <laughs> You're right. So it's looking, seeking out the authentic in the, in a yeah. world that is meant to create facades for everyone. Mm. I have yes. to say, my Instagram builds me up like every day, but it's because it's carefully curated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carefully curated. And there isn't a thing that I'm not going through that I can't find an inspirational word. So this is not about like boycotting social media. When we say we don't mean boycott social media. It's understand that social media is a tool and not meant to be consumed. You can't just be eating it yeah. like, you know, you're at a buffet. Yeah. You have to curate what you feed your ear gates, your eye gates, all of these things um, feed our heart and create the issues of our life or the lives that we want to see ourselves living. Yeah. And I know we've talked a lot about our life and our passion and the things about the alpha woman, but I know that a large portion of your listeners are also either in relationships or they're trying to get married, right? And so I think it's important that we also mention even like our top qualities in our relationships to keep them to bear, to keep um, having them bear fruit and what those look for us, what those look like for us, right? Like, what does it look like for us to be in healthy relationships, marital relationships, right? What does that look like? Um, And marital relationships that really um, support and actually mirror what God wants us to have. Um, And being able to ask yourself if the relationship that you're about to enter is really the, the right one for you. And recently I actually wrote about, um, you know, is, um, is dating somebody with kids for you? And that's super, that's super personal. <laughs> and, and, and what I love about uh, the way that, well, there's some things obviously that are not going to be shared with public, but um, just the understanding of the evolution of you becoming this instant mom when you got married and yeah. 
I go to your house and you say like, no, I put pictures up of my child, all of my children, the ones through marriage and the ones that I've had biologically, because I never want them to walk into this place and not feel like there is a place here for me. So being able to open up our hearts for all that comes with our partner, um, which can be a challenge, right? Because it's not all a bed of roses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I gave up, but how do I put it? Like, you can't, un- you can't take what both of you are bringing in as baggage. You have to understand that you're bringing in your life stories, your hurt, your pain, and you guys are there for each other to see it through because that's how God would treat each other individually. Um, and so, you know, I've heard a lot of people say really mean things about their partners, you know, like, um, they have school loans and I'm not beat to pay for their school loans. To me, that's interesting because if you're willing to share a bed at night, but not your finances, that's, I don't know. I, I, but here's the other part, right? Which is much bigger. Is like a lot of, <laughs> a lot of my thoughts or the things that I do are based on what? My core values. And where do my core values come from? God. So if you feel really lost in what you should do or how you should um, make your next move, you need to think about what your core values are. If your core values come from God, there's something called the Bible and it's an instructional manual on how to live our lives. And, and, and if we don't seek the word, then we'll never know how to act, right? Like the word, the prayer, worship, like all those things together and then being obedient are what really um, is meant for us. So, you know, sometimes I hate to give an easy answer when people say like, how do you have this like good relationship and good marriage? But it's honestly very simple. It's rooted in core values. Now that's not to say that I just didn't get into an argument with my husband yesterday about something really small, right? But what's important is having a partner where right in the middle of the argument, he says, this is the enemy's tactic. The Holy Spirit is telling me in this moment that this is meant to break us and pull us further apart. Let's stop arguing right now. Take a break, take a breather and come back to each other when we're well rested. And then we did this morning. So I think like having a partner like that, actually, I know having a partner like that is what God wants for you. Mm. So powerful so powerful and how the enemy will send like, you know, the distraction of arguments into your yeah. life. Well, Karina, thank you so much for your time today. Of um, course. Very busy woman. As I mentioned, I'm going to link to her website and her Instagram, KarinaFDaves.com. And if you didn't hear me in the beginning, if you busy, you can't figure <laughs> out what's going on. Things are out of whack. You need what she got. You need what she got. You need what you got and YouTube won't give it to you. All right. (laughs) I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much, Asada. I hope and I pray and I declare and I decree in Jesus' name that everybody listening, whose ever ears are open to this message, that it has uplifted them, that it has uprooted them in some way, that it has bound up every single stronghold in their lives. We cast it out in Jesus' name. And I can't wait to meet you, to hear from you. And I hope and I hope and I pray that this podcast blesses you today. I love you so much, Asada. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love you. Our conversation is always